significant contributor to the Torah by the Amen. So I just want to introduce him and thank him for coming. Okay. Um, it's very nice to come back here. Um, one of the nice things about Silver Spring is just to make sure you're behaving, they send a committee from the, from the uh, local community just to make sure that I don't say anything improper and so on. So we have uh, Friedman with us to check up on me. That's nice. I, I, w- I wanted to say something um, that I found very special about the yeshiva here. Um, I've noticed from a lot of the boys in Silver Spring who've come here that a lot of them look forward to coming back here um, for like intercession or summer or whenever they have time to come back for two or three weeks to be machazic themselves. Um, Also, when they're not here, they come to the base medrash and learn. The difference between a school and a yeshiva is a school, when you graduate, you're done. Maybe they tap into you for donations, but that's, there's no point in coming back, maybe the 50th, 50th reunion or something. A yeshiva, if, 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 you, if you clicked into what a yeshiva is supposed to give you, it's home. It's something that you come back to. It's something Rosh Hashanah and Kippur, people traditionally came back to yeshivas. Um, today, yachikalas have become very popular. That's very, it means that a yeshiva is something for life. Even when, when you get married and you have your own family and children and grandchildren, your parents' home is still home to you. You still come there as a, as a member of home. So I, I think it's something to think about that if you get from the yeshiva what you're supposed to get, that type of attitude that you want to come back, that whenever you have, you're busy, but whenever you have a chance, you come back and you touch base with yeshiva again and again, that you touch base with again and again. I, th- I think that's a very important dimension of yeshiva that can't be stressed enough. Okay, so I guess the, the schedule we've set up was I would say something, and then there were questions people wanted addressed, so sort of split the time a bit. Um, you have here the very first parish in Truma is about the Oren. And one of the great and the deepest mysteries is the concept of the Kruvim. And besides the fact that it's kind of a bit at loggerheads with, with um, what we normally um, know about not making tsuros, there's a special heter. Uh, I mean, the past success, so, but, but there's talk about how come this is different. I'm not going to talk about it, but I'd like to speak about a certain akuda about the Kruvim. It says like this. You put the kaporis on the oron. In the oron, you put the edus. Whenever I touch base with you, whenever Kaddish Baruch Hu speaks with Klal Yisrael, it's there. I'll speak to you from on top of the kaporis. Now, Whatever it is, as a metaphor, in, in you know, saying we are speaks, but we get it. The Oren has the Torah in it, the Luchos in it. It is the holiest chayfetz um, that Kasol possesses. And when there is Hashoras Hashchina and Dibur Hashchina, it's from on top of that. So, so the concept of on top of it. It, 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 we understand it means this is where the, the Shechina the resides above the, the holiest um, chayfetz and place in Kalei Yisrael. 
But there's one more word. From between the two kruvim. So why are the two kruvim the sort of bookends, so to speak, for the Shechina? On the Kapairis, I understand. That's sort of a sense of being above the highest point. But between the two kruvim is something that is not um, at, at all apparent. What is it? It's worse than that. It's more than that. Rashi brings that it's a stira. It says that a Kaddish Baruch Hu would speak to Moshe. That a Kaddish Baruch Hu would speak to him in the old Moed, not in the Kodesh HaKadoshim. So it says that that and he would hear the coal speaking from the Kaporis, um, and the, the voice would come from it to, to Krufim and come out into all Moed. So this really makes it very hard to understand even the metaphor because um, it's one thing you have places that are marked as being unique to connect to Kaddish Baruch Hu. Eretz Yisrael, Yushalayim, Harabayis, Beis HaMikdash, Oel Moed, Kodesh Kadashim. So a person is in a certain place, Tumas Mesim are also here, Tumas Yosem Guf is also here, Mitzvah is also here. Fine, I, I get a picture of places that are more Kadosh, where I can connect more to Kodesh Baruch Hu. There's somebody shown him, Rabbi Nesadigon, and the Rambam is ambivalent about it, but he accepts it as being a possibility, speak about something called Kavod Nivra, which means um, like a fire that marks the spot. So it's a real entity, but all it is is a marker. Okay, so if it would tell me, so if, if let's say it would be, we would say that Moshe Rabbeinu had to come, stand by the Kruvim, and that's where he would get the, the, the Dibur of Hashem. So we'd understand that's where you have to go to. Just like when I want to get Kedusha, I go to Reis HaMikdash. When I want to be Mishap, I go to Mizbeach. When I want to speak, when Moshe wants to speak, he goes there. But he wasn't standing there. He was standing outside in the oil. There's a parochas. So what does it mean the voice came down between the Kruvim and then went outside? Lamayin it, Afkemina. It, 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 I mean, it, what, what, what exactly does it make a difference? You know, if they had recording equipment, maybe where to put the recording equipment. But but what 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 difference does it make? It, it's something that really, on a shot level, an understanding of what is it that we're talking about, um, on on a level in, in words that we can have some cash at understanding. So the Goyen speaks about it in Chedusha Goddess. He stells to a medrash. He brings a medrash. Um, does he 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 says a few things. He, he doesn't quite connect it, so what I'm saying is on my responsibility, but the, I think the Goyen is the one that points the direction. He brings down a Medrash in Parshish Kedoshim, it's in Vayikra, um, Perik Hei, it's Ois Hei. It says, Mishas Batuch is Chachma, it's a passing Eov, who, who gave wisdom, who gave uh, wisdom to Tvias, either a parakeet or a um, a, 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 some other bird, or me noson a peacock possibly me noson la sechvivina hadatanigalta. Noson la sechvivina is going on a a rooster, a hen, a, 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 and so on. 
what what's the chachma that they have? And this is you know where the the brachanosas of Rina comes from. The, according to the shittas that it sechvi means a tarnagol to this. Omer Blevi. Barvayat svachim l'sanigol to sechvi. In 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 the Arab lands they would call a tarnagol a sechvi. And now the the medrash brings an example of the wisdom of a tarnagol. Hadotanagolta kad efrochayad dakikin. When its chicks are young and fragile, he mechanshelahoyin. She gathers them in. Ve'yahavas loyin tchas agapaya. It keeps it under its wings. Umeshach loyin umadjana kadamehoyin, and it 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 um, it uh, feeds them. It paves the way for them. Feeds them and so on. In other words, it looks in the garbage for food and and gives it to them. Ve'chad inon ravia, and when they grow up. So um, one of, so when a chick grows up and doesn't want to move on and it comes for its food, it pecks it on its head, and it tells it, go look for yourself, fend for yourself. When Klaus was in the middle of 40 years, the mon came down, the bear and so on and so forth, when they came to Israel, Moshe told them each one needs to do it on his own. That's the Medrash. And the Goyen compares it. And the Goyen says, the more somebody is young and helpless, the more hashkach there is, I guess along the line of Shem Yapsayim Hashem. And the older he gets, and the more he can stand on his own feet, he's less and less hashkach. That's what the Goyen says, pretty much. He leaves, doesn't clarify exactly. So what is Chazal telling us? What does the Goyen want with this? He says the word kruv, it's like the Gemara says, Kiravya, it's like a baby face. So the Kruvin represents some sort of baby face. And that's what we have there. And that's why the Ashkocha keeps something along those lines. Not the, the going, the going, whatever he feels you can do on your own, like this Tanagolta. But whatever he figures you can do on your own, he pushes you to do on your own. So the going here, I think, is, is explaining a very, very fundamentally sowed in Ruchnius, and uh, and uh, it, it's it's really in a certain sense a bruach atichon, in in a certain tension in Torah between on the one hand, Torah is given for us to understand, Torah is given for us to know, and therefore a person is supposed to learn it, argue it, decide, be machria. And come up with Pesach Halacha. And he's supposed to stand us on two feet. So Torah, by, by standing on, on a person's das and seichel, until a person, when a person becomes a barhira, so a person is supposed to decide with his own seichel, his own das. But at that point, he, he, in a certain sense, it's over with. There's nothing more coming. So the Goyen says, every person needs to have two layers in himself. His innermost layer is still a child, because wherever we're holding in Chachma, as far as we've climbed up the mountain, we are somewhere, and we are way beyond, way before the peak, no matter how far we climb. So in a person himself, 
you have the part that he's accomplished and has become his and stands on his own feet. And then you have the part that is the same young child in quest of knowledge, um, understanding that he knows not and needs to have input. So I think what the Goyen is saying is Klal Yisrael has in itself is talking about the relationship, but it's also talking about the mental state of a person who knows that he knows nothing. And now he is looking up to Shemayim to, to, to hear, to know. And the kuda of that needs to always be preserved in Klal Yisrael. So the Kruvim are the tzura of Klal Yisrael, like a gomel, gomel, uh, a, a child who's, who's nursing a, 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 on, on, on his mother. There's, there's a nekuda, the most panemistic nekuda of Klal Yisrael is a quest for more chachma with the understanding that they don't know yet. So on the one hand, as the child grows, in the part of the child that has grown, and the part of the child that is already mature, we're expected to fend on his own. He's supposed to come up with the, with the answer on his own. And then there's a part of him that is always looking. And in the chilek that you don't know, you're like that child. The problem is, sometimes we mature, we forget that there's a lot more than what we understand. And once that happens, it dries up. It's really, this is the integration of Torah Shebek Sav with Torah Shebal Peh. Torah Shebek Sav is revealed Chachma. It's a Dvar Hashem. Torah Shebal Peh is the Chachma that we've extrapolated and we've come to understanding by using our Seichel and only our Seichel. So Torah Shebek Sav and Torah Shebal Peh are very different. <clears throat> one is Koyama Hashem and one is Amar Behuda Amar Biyosi. The Arachayim HaKadr says that the reason why the Gemara puts so much emphasis on Darshim Psukim, when really sometimes it seems as if the Halacha is Psukah anyway. We know what the Halacha is, and the Darshim of Psukim seems to be somewhat belabored. And, and the Arachayim HaKadr says, he brings the Gemara of Akiva, there was Koshik Sarim to the, to the, to the Oiseus, he says that Iker Avedis Adam since Matan Torah is to keep the bond between Torah Shabbat Sav and Torah Shabbat Peh. On, on a more pneumistic level, it means Torah Shabbat Sav is a Dvar Hashem Shabbat. Torah Shabbat Peh is my thinking and my insight. And I need to constantly couple them. I need to constantly understand that my Torah Shabbat Peh is coming from there. And I need to be open to knowing more, understanding more. The danger, if a person stays only with the Torah Shabbat Sav, only what the words I'm told with to, to do, then I never grow and become an adult and become my own person. But if a person forgets the, 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 the Naira Shabbat, then a lot of times he segues from what does the Torah mean to what would I like to say. Because at the end of the day, it's about me. If I say something bright, sharp, deep, interesting, engaging, provocative, 
then then you know then then I get a lot of splash for it. But that's not where it's coming from. It, 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 when I segue, when I move and derail it from Devar Hashem to my Dava, it's not Torah Shabbat anymore. It's not Torah. It's Megal Poyim Torah Shlokalocha. The real Kesha is when I spend my time using my Seichandas, asking myself, what is really the Halacha? What does the Pasuk really mean? What are Kesha will tell us? And that's with tremendous honesty, because it's not always what we want it to be. You know, it's, it's, it's not always what we would like it to be. It's, we have to be honest. So, so Torah, it, it, it demands a tremendous um, tension of two almost polar opposite kohols. One is a total need to rely on my seichel and and it needs a total hisbatlus, that I honestly say to myself, I'm starting with ground zero. What does it say? What does it honestly read? What did the riots show? And, and so on. So the, the Kruvim are the extraordinary Nakuda of Kalal Yisrael as a Yonik, as someone who's still ready to receive and open to understand and so on. I, I, I mentioned a few times, a person, a person I was very impressed about a certain thing, Revolver was on a big mashkich in Bali Musa and so on in, in the Shiva world. He was a Talmud of Rabbi Rucham. And Rabbi Yochum was his rabbi, and wrote a book about him, and he, everything was Rabbi Yochum, and this, this was his life. At the age of 60, he, he chanced upon Rav Hutna, and he, was, and he really felt this is another chelik of Torah that he needs, that he needs and, and, and he wrote a second sefer saying, well, this sefer was written with the influence of someone else also on me. And I said to myself, you know, at the age of 60, when you basically finalize your retirement plans and write your memoirs, and, and, and make Aliyah, you know, if you haven't done it till now, that's usually what happens at 60. Here's a person who said, wow, there's another Helk of Torah that I wasn't open to, and with the same eagerness of a 16-year-old, that's somebody who still has an akuda of that kravya, like a child. The, the panemius of a person, no matter how sophisticated and smart and accomplished he's become with a seichel and das, the real Kodesh HaKadosh person is that open child who in his own mind is like tabula rasa, in his own mind he's, he's a blank slate waiting to hear more Torah or new Torah or Dvar Hashem. That was a point I wanted to speak about. Um, and now, uh, so I was given these questions and uh, I um, will we'll discuss it and it's open, I mean, I, the, the point is not for me to read the questions and to, and to just add to a drasha if the Olam would, I'll We'll, you know, we can talk and, and, and back and forth if you like. The first question is, the Rambam, according to the common understanding, believes there is a correlation between the level of tzitkas one has and the level of receives. With this in mind, how and in what way are the tefillahs of the Hamayin Am effective? Does their level of tzitkas inhibit their tefillahs from being accepted in any way? So I think I'd like to broaden this point a little bit Somebody who speaks about this is the Akeda in Arichus in the following way. Um, the Chazanish used to be very annoyed with Darshanim who took a Chazal and built an entire Shita on a Chazal. He said, just like in Halacha, you have to go through an entire Sugya, in Agad it's the same. So for instance, if someone says, it says like if, if somebody is Koyas, he's like being over Avodah 
you can't build on that alone. There are many Chazal about Kas, and you need to get the sense of it from all the Chazal. The Akedah speaks about, Chazal speak about Mazel. Chazal speak about Ashkocha. Chazal speak about Schusim. Chazal speak about Tefillah. Now, let's take a, a parallel. Somebody gets sick. There was a bacteria that attacked him. There was a lowered level of antibodies. Um, there is a genetic condition that predisposes him. There's an environment that's very unhygienic. All of these are factors. I, you, when a person is studying biology in, a broad, in broad strokes, you, you can never take one factor, okay, you're sick, you must have not been hygienic. That's, that's not the way to go with it. You learn all the factors that go into, um, into disease, and then you work your way backwards and say, well, in this case, this person was exposed to a normal level of bacteria, but there's something about his immune system that's, that's been compromised, that's not good. Or this person has some genetic disposition because of this, this reason, and so on. So in Ruchnius, it's very much the same. It's a balance. A person who is a tremendous tzaddik, and like the drama says, two conditions. He has to be an extraordinary tzaddik and be dovak nakadish baruch at the time it's happening. If a person at that level, he needs not do anything more. But everyone else, tefillah is an element that a kadish baruch chose to help us in its time of tzara. And mazel goes into a play of which things will affect a person. So all of these things are um, really components. You can't just take one thing and say, if X, then Y. That's the wrong way to say this chazal. It is one of many items that, that, that go into it. I'll, I'll say over my, my, my Rebbe Yochai Shulevitz used to have, he would have sometimes very picturesque ways of, of portraying something. He explained why the Torah doesn't, why we don't have a continuous learning from Nisim about what we're supposed to do. And he said, he would say it in a very funny way, Reb Chaim was very ponderous, and when I knew him already, there was a lot of years, he was older, and he would say things very ponderously, but they, had a very, they were very funny. He'd say, we have a story to describe this. It is the story of, I don't know how to translate it right, the deceptive mother-in-law, or, the, or something along those lines. She said that there was uh, the Baruch Tam and his wife had two running arguments about, uh, two running arguments. One was the doctor had ordered for him, because of his heart condition, to drink a glass of hot milk every morning, and he refused to eat or drink before davening, no matter what. So Chaim said, who was right? She was right, of course. Uh, you know, this was this was pikuach uh, nefesh, or or certainly a big tsar, and he should have checked him out. The second argument they had was he very much wanted Reb Chaim Sanza, the Dever Chaim, as a son-in-law. He eventually did become a son-in-law by him. Dever Chaim was a goyin ador and a tzaddik ador. He limped on a foot, so the Baruch Tam wanted it, and and his wife did not. Who was right? So Reb Chaim said he was right. I mean, you talk about the Divichayim, this was the, the giant of the generation, and, and Bimela, one day she was bringing milk to him in the morning to try to get him to drink. She slipped, she fell, and broke her foot. So she said, my husband is right, 
he shouldn't be drinking any milk before davening. <laughs> so Rav Chaim said, in order to learn the lesson, you need to have chachma. In other words, it's the same way like when you see a disease. What the disease is, you can identify. What's the cause of it? If a person comes in with an erratic set of, of, of symptoms to a hospital, if it fits a, you know, a neat case, then, then a computer spits out the answer. But if it's strange, you have to start thinking the combination of things that could be happening to cause this. So, so I would stay away. Tefillah is something that helps. Tefillah is something that Kodesh wants from us. How Kodesh Baruch works, all these factors, all these different schusim, that's a Kodesh Baruch We learn these things so that we know where we need to put more emphasis. We do more mitzvahs to get more schusim. We do tefillah, hisairus, whatever it is. But tachlis, there's not any one factor that you can just straight, you know, write out A causes B and nothing else and only A. Okay, that, that's what I would think. Any questions? Any, any follow-up? Anybody? Okay. Most, if not all, yeshivas dedicate an incredibly portion of the day to learn Gemara Be'iyun. How does this make us into better Ovdi Hashem? Or in other words, is the point of Limit Gemara Be'iyun to make us Ovdi Hashem? And if so, how does it do that? So, um, I, I, would, I would point out a few things. The morale says that, um, first of all, of all the mitzvahs, learning is the most ruchnistic activity. It requires, and that's why it's so hard. You sit down to learn, you fret, your fingers don't know where to go, your mind is busy with pictures, it's very hard because a, a, a genuine sikhliistic uh, enterprise is far from as far from Gashmis as we can get. So the activity of learning itself stresses the most ruchnistic part of a person that we put a finger on. The neshama is something so beyond, so to speak. Second, if we're learning with a modicum of lishma, then what we're learning is what does Akadosh Baruch Hu think the right thing to do in this case is? If you see the Rambam, who is always considered to be very cerebral and rationalist, every so often Pesach Mishnah is Om HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Tziv HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Om He is constantly sort of alluding, it all starts with HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Ratzin. Me and him are having an argument on a few thousand dollars. The question is, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us a guideline to what's mine and what's his. I need to figure it out because if it's wrong, I'm stealing. So even though we're not conscious of that while we're learning, but in the big, big picture, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to understand, understand what's right and what's wrong. That's the second point. I want to add a third point. The Rambam, when he speaks of Avas Hashem, says two criteria for what's called Avas Hashem. One is the learning and the enjoyment of the learning, the tainug and the learning. That's in Sefer Mitzvah how he describes it. Then he adds on that is the derech of Ohev to want to spread the Ava. Now let's, let's think a little bit and, and understand how that is. Being close to somebody could mean physically close. I'm sitting right next to him. And I enjoy his company means I'd like to hang out with him. That is not Shaykh with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Obviously, there's no, there's no physical contact, closeness. It, it's a meaningless statement. 
Some people, some, some shittas are, to remember the nice things that Kashbaru did for us. It's a harder shita because at the end of the day, there, you know, there could be a fireman that saved you with tremendous bravery and you owe him a debt of gratitude and you do anything for him, you still don't consider yourself close to him. You don't say him as best friend. You, you, say, you might say he did the most for you, but you don't consider it real closeness. Real closeness is kirvas hadas. Umar uses that expression a little bit in Ksubis. Um, as a shayla, what, what the Tesef is Ksubis totally in, 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 in Bia, kirvas hadas, kupa is enough. But kirvas hadas means when I feel that our understandings our evaluations, our take on things are the same. When people are dating and they get married, in- inevitably, like there's a turning point where you say, you know, we understand each other in a way that I never ever was understood. I never ever understood something like that. No one ever understood me like that. There's always that type of moment because real kirva is where my take on things and that person's take on things click, they resonate. They're on, they're on the same wavelength. That's the only type of kirva we can have with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So, Torah is HaKadosh Baruch Hu's take on right and wrong, on good and bad. And it's a struggle for us as we learn the Allah, as we understand it, as we get into it, as we're osik in it, we, we resonate with HaKadosh Baruch Hu's moral ev- evaluations of, 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 of Torah and Ra. And that's real Kirvah So I mentioned three points here. One is a personal exercise that it's the most ruchnistic activity we can do. It has no physical objects to it. It's all thinking. And that's why it's so difficult. And, but, but getting over that hump, working your way towards there, makes you more ruchnis. We spoke about the, 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 the sense of wanting to do Ratzon Hashem when a person is osik in halacha and trying to determine what is wanted from me. And then we spoke about another Nakuda, about the resonance of my understanding of right and wrong, and the understanding that is put in this world and said, this is my take on the world. When a person's mind and instincts resonate with it, he's close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's the, that I, is how I would define it. Okay, any... Good. Um, three, do you show me the pi- I must be getting right. I, I guess I, 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 I've... Do you show me the pic... Do, um, do I get a prize over Ryan for being right on all, on all the answers? Do I do... do is, there, is there anything... Three, do you show me the pic... Certain Amarom's difficult to while davening. The statement of Chazal is quite discouraging. Is there anything we can do personally to enhance our kavan in davening or our davening more generally? It's, it's interesting that this is an issue that spans across every type of yeshiva. Um, you know, it, it, it's something that, we, you know, almost every place I've been to, um, it, it, it's, it's something that people struggle with. I find it interesting. Um, Reb Chaim Stein, that tells us yeshiva, used to say in his yeshiva, in Europe, life was so rough and so difficult that it took anything to set you off sobbing. People, there were always wagzeris <coughs> hanging over people. Money was in terrible source of supply, and it wasn't just a question of money for some extra trip. People didn't have meals; they, they had to skip meals occasionally. You know, people had clothing was threadbare, and 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 
Everything was a hassle. People sat around long and not married. Everything, people had a lot of stress. And it took almost um, nothing. A Yom Kippur, an Elul, a Shevim Tat. Something happened and everybody, it would, it would just pour out. It was waiting to pour out. Today, Baruch Hashem, we have a, a, you know, relatively, I know everybody thinks they're overstressed, especially in the yeshiva, as demanding as over here, I'm sure everybody feels very, very stressed. But we, we, we don't have that type of existential threat and stress that, that we had. So I think Akadosh Baruch Hu wants us now to start reaching into a deeper recess of ourselves and trying to bring out emotion from a deeper place. I think that's an insight of our door. I don't know how many people here enjoy reading something like poetry. It's something like beautiful writing that's, you know, I don't know how many people enjoy reading anymore. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even sure of that. But it, 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 the, the, the deeper regish is when a person focuses himself and tries to think about things and is moved by words that express deeper feelings, deeper thoughts. Um, how many people have ever found it um, of, uh, have found it meaningful to sit alone somewhere um, with a, a novel, with a Tanakh, taking prokim that are especially moving, and, and saying them quietly to themselves and living through it. Um, it's an experience that once you experience emotions that are hidden in words, and especially filler to Hillam, they're made for that. They're made to express emotion rather than information. And it, 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 so it used to be where we were just waiting to explode into emotion. Baruch Hashem, we don't have those hardships, but now we have a challenge of doing it. It takes, it, it takes, a, um, uh, it takes a person to be misboded a little bit, and I'll add the thing at the close of the media and everything else you have in your pocket so that you are misboded, actually, and resist the temptation to take a selfie or anything else, and sit between yourself and your body shalom. And learn or read something that you felt after, that you felt moved you especially. And I, I want to tell you a personal experience, an epiphany I had a few years ago. I was, I was being mamba said with something that I had done dozens of times. And I came across at a Pasik by Yosef and his brothers, and he said, you know, don't worry, well, and I, for some reason, it triggered in me a picture. And I sit back and I say to myself, let me put myself in, in, in Yosef's shoes. My brothers take me when I'm 17 years old, and they sell me to become a slave, to pick cotton for the rest of my life in Louisiana. I will work like a dog till the day I die. I will never get married. I'll never have children. I'll never have make a nickel, never accomplish anything. I will be a workhorse for the rest of my life. Hard to imagine a greater jail sentence than that. And 22 years I've been there, and nobody even bothered to look up at, to look, to look out for me, to send somebody and say, hey, whatever happened to him? Okay, we got over our anger. It's behind us. Where is he? 22 years, as far as they're concerned, I'm picking cotton and being beaten by, by a slave master in, in, in Louisiana. Hot cotton, picking cotton under 100 degrees sun, and that's it. That's where I am. And they're here in front of me. 
And for the first time, they actually are frightened out of their wits. And they realize what they've done. And I tell them, it was hashkacha. And the Torah doesn't quote people who give lip service. The Torah quotes people that are saying what they mean and mean what they say. And he says, believe me, that was hashkacha so that the whole family gets saved. I remember I was just so stunned, I couldn't move. But because for whatever reason, I had actually bothered to pay attention to the words and, and to the scene that was in front of me. And, and, we, and, and we need to consciously go and, and focus on these things. There's, there's, there's in, in your Kippur Davening, there's a, um, after the Avoda, Avoda is very poignant and very moving. After the Avoda, there's about 10, 20 little slichas and so, sorts. This was when the was there, and we used to think these carbonates, these carbonates, these carbonates. Now we have terrible, terrible things. Akash Baruch should help us, things be good, 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 good. And then we get on to Azar Gemalchus. And mo- most of the time you think that the Python put it in there so that we have a break between the Avoda and Azar Gemalchus to catch our breath. Somebody two years ago, Hill Palay, everybody knows who that is, I'm sure, um, it, it, it came out with a nigenfret on Vesein Achris Lamecha, and it just blew me away. I mean, those words came alive. They walked off the machsa, and, 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 you know, they shook me. It, it, it's simple. I'm sure you've heard it, and, and it's, it's become very popular. And I said to myself, look at this. I, I, was, I was treading on a gold mine all these years, and I never, I never sat down and brought it out. I would say to take a niggin that, that you feel evokes feelings in tefillah, and sit again, sit quiet with yourself, and say, say a, 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 a psukim of, of Tanakh with, that, with, with a nigun. Say Ketusha to yourself, obviously the way you let us say it, without you know, shame and so on. Um, the, the, you, once, you get, once you get into the habit that those words trip emotion you, and you say it slowly and focus on it, it you don't have to put Kavanis in, but once you sensitize yourself, the words should sing in you. And hopefully, if, if we, you need to put effort, you need to devote some, some focus on it. But if you do it, then Be'ez Hashem, um, I, I, I believe you can at least begin to get a sense of what could be Kavanah Philip. For a large percentage of Talmudim Yeshiva this year will soon move on to some form of university college environment. What preparations can we do now while in Yeshiva to help us cope with the ensuing problems of the future? Um, I can't resist saying I just published a book on it, and for, for a special discount for Gush Talmidim, you can order it online and get it. Um, I actually, I don't know if the oil is familiar or not. I, I, I'll, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm, some of it I think will be relevant. Some of it, the book was written, it's called Orchus Chaim, a, a um, Betara for Life. In, in, in the, in the um, well, I don't know what to call it, Black Hat Yeshiva World, Haredi Yeshiva World, this actually is, in, in many ways, a, a sharp challenge. People sit many years learning kolol, with perhaps the expectation they would remain in that environment in some sort of job capacity forever. Life moves on, and for whatever reason, they're, they're going out, and it's happening in ever-larger numbers, because the numbers are growing, and that's the reality of it. And for somebody who is expected to be in one world, and finds himself in the other world, that crisis is a real crisis. Um, and, you know, it, it's a crisis of trying to reconcile different sheetas and ashkafas. 
it's a crisis in environment that you've come to regard as normal as opposed to an environment that you feel is, um, is uh, bad or subpar, and that's now your environment. And, and it has a lot of pieces to it that are difficult. It's, it's got its own difficulties. And, and you know, that's very different than somebody who spends a year or two, even three in yeshiva. It's very different in terms of just the amount of time you've spent and, and what you're anticipating. Were you anticipating moving on or not? Um, I think the, 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 um, the, the most important thing, um, there's, a, there's a marshal from the Breslava. It goes like this. There was a king who had a dream that he would become crazy that the wheat would be poisoned that year and it become crazy. I read a historical footnote on it that there used to be um, fungus infection on the rye and um, it would cause hallucinations. So that year, everybody was in a happy hour all year long. It was like you know, a, a, a full year of happy hour. And Kitsa, he calls in his, his, his yoatzim and he asks them, what shall I do? So the first thing he said, we'll have a special supply of wheat for you and we are going to keep you sane. They came back to him a day or two later and they said, no, that's not good advice because a sane king cannot rule over an insane nation. That might explain the president we picked, but, I'll, but, it, it, but, but, but he said, it's, it's, um, well, you can't have a, 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 a sane. So, so you're also going to have to eat the wheat and also um, suffer, become insane. But you'll have a ring around your finger that will say, um, remember, thou art insane. That's the story. I'd like to bring it relevant to here. The challenge of a community where people spend only a year or two in yeshiva, move on, and so on, is that this year or two and this environment becomes like a surreal environment. It's so that's not real life. And Therefore, it's, it, it, it's, it was nice to spend a year or two, but I will adjust to the cultural norms and values and everything else out there. I think it's important to remember that Emes and Tov and a world that looks like the world that should be is here. A person should be, a human being should have spent all his life being Osik and Chachmas Alokim and Malachim should have brought, you know, wine and, and, and you know, Bitzola Ophos. It's because we sinned, and Akash Prochu said, we must be part and parcel of the physical world. But Ruchnius is a mainstay. And first of all, understanding that, understanding that society around you takes a toll, understand that not being like society 100% is probably the most important thing. Havdullah is important. You, you make a cheshbin how much insane you have to be and how much sane. But you, you, you need to ask yourself, how much do I need to be like other people to function in whatever environment I am? And how much am I different? As a Jew, I'm different. I need to be marked as different in a positive way. And, you know, what they don't understand, they don't understand. But I need to understand. And I need to reconnect back again and again to a yeshiva or a very ruchnistic environment for that reason. If it's the time that I'm going to a base medish to learn, it should have a base medish atmosphere to it. It should be closed. It, it, you're closing cell phones, uh, smartphones, whatever. It's not just it shouldn't disrupt. It's a that 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 your emulator is kaddishu. 
that world does not exist here. It exists there. And I'm coming here to recharge. In, in yeshivas, is, it, in, in many yeshivas become very popular to Yarekala. And people have said, I've, I've heard from many people who came, that they get a tremendous amount just slipping back into yeshiva mode. And what I spoke about where I came beforehand. Understand that a yeshiva environment is the real environment. It's not like university is a preparation for life. So engineering school is a preparation for being an engineer, but that's it. This is very different. This is the makom. This is, this is the makom yunika. This is the kruvim. You need to go outside and do what you need to do, but there has to be a place and time and space to connect. Shabbos Yanta, those are points I make in the book. It, it, it's always being able, and, and, and to gain that perspective, I, I, the level of Shmir HaSemitzvah in a yeshiva, the level of understanding halachas like a yeshiva, the level of people's kedusha and interaction like an yeshiva, that's the emes world. Everything else around is a compromise. It's what has to take place because the world is different and we need to, to be able to fend. But understanding that, to start understanding that now, and to always making sure that we touch base with the, with the place that's really sane, to, to get that sense of, of what's emes and what's not is the most important thing you can do. Um, one more question here. There are many Tchumei Torah. Of them, Machshava takes up a major chalik. If one wanted to build up his own Machshava, what's fun would I recommend for him to read and in what sequence? So, I have two or three comments on this. First of all, the problem, I guess the challenge with Olam Machshava is it's, it's a... It's a um, it doesn't have a real inherent discipline the way Gemara has. Gemara is a logical yes, no, does it make sense? Can I, you know, do I have a kasha from it? Do I have a riot to it? An argument in Gemara, in Halacha, has a certain rigorous discipline. So there are different approaches and different ways of understanding and some debate whether this far holds or not. But it demands of you, the Gemara is constantly asking how can you say this? It says differently. The Gemara doesn't say, well, I feel different about the issue. You know, the, 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 none of that exists in the, in the Gemara. If there's a price that says not like you, it's back to the drawing board. S- something's got to give. It, there's a certain rigor. And that's why when the scholar started, the Nabi Behuda notably, he withdrew his Askama for some, and he said he will only give Askama a sperm in, in, in the Olmo Agada to people who are also accomplished in the world of Halacha. Because then he feels these people are coming from a, a, a solid base. So, so first of all, it needs to, you need to say, you need to balance, achieve a balance between the part of Torah that demands accountability, and it's not what you would like to say, but what it says, and what can be proven, versus what can be disproven, and so on. So having a firm anchor is one. Two, you need to pick up a derrick from somebody, I, I, it's hard for me to imagine any serious firm, not a morale, not a nefesh um, many more of those firm, not a more nevuchim, none of those firm, could, could a person conceivably just learn on his own? It's, it's, there's a, it's like, just like Rabbi Chaim al it's very hard to imagine somebody could pick it up on himself and just learn it from the words. So, so you want to hear from somebody who, A, you feel is accomplished, Talmud Chacham, and in this area also, 
two, Rav Hutner writes in his introduction to, to his forum that this chalik of Torah is it's where where psychalocha and 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 the actual kima mitzvah are sort of two separate things. I could I could decide that Allah is like this and I could not do it. In the world of what we call Mahshava, the broad world of Mahshava, um, over there you, your Maisim and your Mahshavas are very closely aligned. You have to feel that this person is solid. He, he's 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 balanced, he has gravitas, he's 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 a person that you look up to as a person, then his insights and his thought carries that if the, if, there, if if you have issues with the person's personality, then then somewhere along the line, his take on Torah, which is expressed in Machshava, are going to be problematic. I don't know this whoever wrote the question. What level is holding on? There are some sperm that I think are shavuchol nefesh. I found Orgadal Yo to be an, an amazingly good sefer. He takes Hasidic thoughts and translates it into words that are easy to understand. The way Rav Desla had done a generation before, those are type of sfarim that they give you an, an, a, a segue into um, into a different world. My Rebbe, my the two people whom I heard was Rav Hutna. There's no tapes from Hutna in, in, in any language but Yiddish, and so I don't think it'd be helpful for anybody. Rav Moshe Shapiro, I believe some of his uh, his Thursday shurim, I believe, are available. They're in Ivrit. They're, they they are classic in the ability to explain a deeper concept in words that, that are, are solid and seicheldik. He, he was able, he was a master at being able to take deeper ideas and break them into meaningful logical pieces, bits and pieces. Those, those are things I could recommend. Other than that, it's a very tough answer because it, it depends where this person holds from and finding somebody that you can relate to in terms of the person, the way he expresses it, the way he teaches it, and 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 the person as a gavra are, are crucial for any real uh, a deeper understanding of Torah. Okay, I am. Um, thank you very much. It's been very nice being here. I'm, uh, it's always a it's always a pleasure. It's a it's a tzibur that's interested and and engaged and serious. Baruch Hashem. It's um, I see it from the boys. It's always thing that go and come back. It's. Uh, it's it's always a, a, a pleasure to see the transformation that happens, and Bez Hashem, you should be matzliach, and uh, keep uh, keep growing and steiging, and if you if you if you if, if you get engaged in the right way here, it, it, Bez Hashem should last with you a lifetime.